Hey, everybody, welcome back to The Wrap. We are here on a Wednesday, the Hump Day edition here at NRM Streamcast. We're live from the Jim Reels friendly Chrysler Jeep Studios in Farmington. Tom Mazaway alongside Captain Clarence Black, soon to be major. Once we get him out of here and he gets back on duty, we don't want to get we don't want to get rid of you. I'm I'm happy you're here. <laughs> you are on duty, if I if I may ask. No, Am I, nope, nope. You're not nope, on duty. Nope, nope. Okay. All right, he's not on duty. Not on duty. Okay, so that's good. I'm glad you're here with me because I hate this talking to myself or talking to just a little video screen. The other day I had Terry and Jimmy on uh, the video screen. It worked pretty good, actually. I was looking at their mugs on the TV, but I'd much rather have you here. Mono we mono. I appreciate that. Tell me about what's going on, man, with the fam and everything. What are you guys, what are you guys good, doing? Man. You know what? Kids are doing their thing. We, um, it, it's weird. My wife had it kind of structured out. Like, they get up. They start with their classes. Um, of the four kids, two are in, in one school district, two are in another school district, so it's interesting to see how the school districts differ. Yeah. Uh, one one set of two has iPads, and they're doing online stuff, and then the other two don't, and they're kind of doing something a little different. So they get up. They got to get their beds made. They got to, you know, personal hygiene. They you got to drop a, a drop a quarter on the bed, let they it gotta, bounce? Nah, nothing you like know. that. Just, you know, something respectable. You make a good bed? Something res- how, me? Yeah, do you make a good Hell bed? Hell no, man. I'm a horrible bed maker. You don't make a good bed? I don't, man. I thought Army guys didn't know what the hell no, they're man. doing. I, they, they do, and I do. You don't have your footlocker like, at the end of the bed? Listen, I make I make the bed in the way that the wife likes to get in it. So <laughs> as long as she's happy, I'm good. All right, that's good. Uh, man. No, and then we you know we give them like we give them some free time for their devices, and yep. then we go outside. So are you monitoring the devices? They get some PE. Yeah, we, we keep an eye on them. There's certain things we allow, and then there's certain things we turn off. And most of it, man, is just they're texting with their friends right. and just like let's face it, that's how they're with their friends these yeah, days. Yeah, and and honestly, man, I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. They hang out. They play games. They were playing Monopoly yesterday, uh, butchering the rules. But hey, they Online? were arguing. No, on they were the phone. Playing. They were oh, playing just really? the regular. I would have taken um, them out because I play Monopoly for kills. <laughs> and then my girls. So my three girls, man, supposed to play softball. And so I was outside, and we were throwing and catching, and yeah. just you know, just it's it. It was a cool day, man. It allowed me some time to to do the dad thing, man, which was fun. That's great. Hey, we're expecting Ian Rappaport of NFL Network to join us in just a couple of minutes. Just wanted to chat about uh, you know our everyday lives right now. Yeah, my, my kids are doing the same thing. My wife's got all those schedules up. You know, Maddie is a Catholic school kid. The other yeah. two are in high school, regular high school, public school. So it differs. Catholic, they're still doing a lot of stuff online, and it counts towards their year. Now, in regular public school right now, none of this work is counting. But that's going to change, I think, eventually, or they're going to have to go back to school for a month or. Somehow, some way, they got to figure out how these seniors can graduate and how the rest can move up. Yeah, man. I mean, that's just one of a of a a billion a billion things we got to figure yep. out. You know, I, I was t- we were talking about this before we got here. Aftershocks. I've been thinking about aftershocks lately. Yeah. At some point, at some point, I emphasize some. We're gonna get past this, but that initial, those initial days and months. I mean, I. I Man, I don't lie. Like, how long is it going to be before you shake hands? Right. How long is it going to be before the average? I mean, you think about this, right? If people, like you mentioned it, man, people, jobs. Yeah. People lost jobs. Yeah. So how long will it be before you feel okay going to a game? I mean, how long will it be before somebody says, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm okay paying $40 of parking. Mm-hmm. Or I'm okay dropping this $300 for the NFL experience on a Sunday or, or, 
I mean, I think that the aftershocks is now what I'm more concerned about. You know what I'm saying? I hope so. I hope we can, you know, I'm a hugger. You're a hugger. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just, I can't wait to get back to our regular life. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I try to take my mind off things. And sports has always been an escape for me. I know they're not playing a lot of sports, but I'm looking at them. And the sport that keeps me the most occupied is the NFL. And they don't shut their doors. And I'm happy about that. <laughs> and a guy I follow, been following him for a long time, is Ian Rappaport from NFL Network. And Rap Sheet joins us now. Tom Azaway, Clarence Black. How are you, Rap? What's going on? How you guys doing? Doing good, man. Haven't talked to you in a long time since our 105 one days in Detroit. And uh, that's now a hip-hop station, unfortunately. <laughs> that is unfortunate, though. I do love myself some hip hop. So. I know you do. You know, and I know you love the Mets too. I'm a Mets fan too, and I know uh, you yeah, got to think that Noah Syndergaard uh, news not not too good, huh? No, that was uh, that was quite a nightmare the other day. I mean, at this point, I think with the Mets, I basically expect every bad thing to happen. Of course, it's not like a total total surprise, yeah, but we know. Um, but but yeah, that was not good. The New York Mess, right? M E S S. That's basically what they're called. Yeah. I'm here to talk yeah, NFL. Right. How about Cam Newton and Jameis Winston are on the unemployment line right now? Can you tell me who's going to get these guys? That's two talented guys out there. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really interesting because, you know, so often, um, you know, so often we talk about how there's not enough quarterbacks or the market's, you know, really bad. And, you know, it's week 16 and, uh, you know, David Blau is starting for the, <laughs> the Lions or okay. whatever. And, you know, and that's only because Jeff Driscoll got hurt. I mean, yeah. you know, that's like that's what usually happens in the quarterback world. Now we got a thing where you got Cam Newton, you got Jameis Winston. You got Andy Dalton, who's still on the Bengals, yep. but you know, obviously, is very much in flux. Um, all those guys are starting caliber, really good guys who are available, and there's no starting spots. I mean, it's really an unprecedented time in the NFL, and it's bad for those teams because usually, when you have a you know a starting quarterback you're ready to move on from, you can get like a legitimate, you know, really really good deal from those guys, uh, and that's just simply not. That's just simply not the case now. I mean, Ian, is this just a case where the league has just seen Cam take too many hits, have too many surgeries? They're just – the personality's too big. The personality's I mean, what, big. How much of this is just – is the physical side of it and then how much of this is just the, the, the thought of having to deal with Cam in a new environment? Well, I, I think there is some of that. And, and you know, I mean – First of all, I don't think he wants to be a backup. So, you know, right now there's just no starting jobs available. Like, you know, where would he go? I mean, the Bears had a chance to trade for me. They traded for Nick Foles instead. The Chargers are more interested in Tyrod Taylor. So there's just not a lot. There's just not a a place for him to land. And, you know, I think because of the coronavirus, because of the changes that are happening right now all over the world, really, um, that contributed to Cam Newton being a free agent because – it's hard to get him a physical, you know, like he took sort of a physical with his team a couple of days ago to be uh, released yesterday. But, you know, no one's going to listen to that physical. That doesn't really mean anything. A team's going to bring him in themselves. Sure. And no one can examine anyone right now. So that's just, you know, that's certainly a different situation from the way it's been in the past. Ian Rappaport joins us, NFL Network Insider. Follow him at Rap Sheet. And, of course, he's the host of Rap Sheet. 
and Friends podcast. So give a listen to that as well. The NFL Network is on my TV, you know, probably 12 hours a day. And all weekend I watched their games of the year. And I even taped a couple of them so I can go back to them. Man, there were such great games with San Francisco. And, and the, every time I looked, the Seahawks were in a great game. It was it was a great season to, to look back at. But I love NFL Network and, and what they do, football life. And it's it's got to be fun for you guys, for you to work there. Oh, it's great. I mean, now obviously it was greater when we could, you know, go on TV in full force like we were, you know, before the coronavirus. But I mean, I think the main thing for me is I never quite feel like I'm working. You know, yes. I never trudge to work. <laughs> I'm never like, you know, oh man, I got to start today. It's always, it's always fun. It's always football. Yeah. Um, it's always, you know, it's it, it's always entertaining, and there's always stuff to talk about. I mean, I I love working here. Um, you know, I'm I'm a big sports fan anyway, but getting to cover this is uh, is definitely the most fun thing that I do. NFL draft, Ian. Uh, it's coming up April 23rd. NFL's kind of holding steadfast. There's some GMs that say we can't get in our own building to do anything. What do you think's going to shake down? Do you think they're going to go on at Fort on April 23rd, or what are they going to do to change this thing? I mean, starting starting today, I believe at six o'clock local time. Um, you know, I think I don't think anyone's going to get in buildings because they're basically shutting all NFL buildings, yep. which is really not a surprise because that's what they're doing around the world. I mean, yeah. every building is basically closing, um, and as they should. So, you know, out of an abundance of caution, buildings are going down, being closed, getting cleaned, and you know, when they get back, I don't know. I mean, it's it's an unprecedented time in the world, and I think what the NFL has basically decided to do is kind of continue in some form of how they can, um, you know, where um, where it kind of looks and feels normal. I think there was a lot of frustration when the league year started, but it happened. Everybody watched. It was good. It felt like a little escape, and maybe the draft feels like that as well eventually. No doubt. And uh, unbelievable uh, times that we're going through. I'm happy that the NFL is <laughs> least holding business as usual. Free agency was amazing. Have you ever gone through a week of free agency like that? Well, you know, for me to answer that question, I'd have to actually remember it. Yeah, that's how much. the weirdest thing that happens is it, like, erases from my memory because it's so wild. You're in it. It's crazy. You're calling everyone. Stories are dropping. Um, It's just, it's a wild atmosphere. And then, you know, I go back a couple of days later, I'm like, what stories did I break? Like, now the ones I missed, I remember, obviously. But of course not. What stories that actually break, um, you know, that's that's tough to figure out. Um, so, it, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely the craziest time we have. And, you know, this year with Brady, Rivers, and Breeze all being free agents. Amazing. That was something, I mean, I was ready for it because um, we prepare, but, uh, it was definitely a free agency like no other. I'll tell you that. Hey, Ian, so <laughs> Patrick Mahomes was criticized a lot for the system he played in. You know, at uh, at Texas Tech, he was you know criticized a lot for kind of being a, a gunslinger, being a little bit wild, being a little bit just kind of reckless and and frivolent, and not being a more of a what they thought at the time was a conservative drop back passer they said Lamar Jackson was going to be had to be a receiver that he couldn't play quarterback and now we look at him and the guy's the MVP and and where I'm going with this is 
when people that are supposed to be experts say things like, well, Tua is this and Tua is that, you know, do you think these experts are going to be more right or more wrong when all is said and done? Because somebody's going to somebody is going to get fired over over missing Tua. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, there's a couple of things. First of all, the medical now with Tua is a little more difficult than it was because of, you know, NFL physicians are not going to examine him before the draft unless something changes. That's, you know, that's going to probably lead to some teams taking a little more of a leap of faith than they want or expected or feel comfortable with. But I do think the game is changing. It's morphing more toward an NFL-type game, type world, a college-type world, I would say. And, you know, we see guys in spread systems or whatever we used to call it, guys who are, you know, five or seven yards behind center, guys who never take snaps, um, guys like Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson running out of the pistol. And it's, I mean, that is invading the NFL game, um, and it's great, and I love it. You know, that's what's, um, you know, that's what's kind of fun about it is all these old dudes who used to be so stodgy and stuck in their ways <laughs> are now opening their eyes to different kinds of quarterbacks, yep. and I like it. Um, so I, I don't know exactly how Tua fits in there, um, but I do know, you know, he's the kind of quarterback that we picked apart five years ago, and now I don't hear that type of criticism. How about our Lions? What are you thinking about them? What are you hearing about them? I mean, we all we got our ears on, on the grindstone here, but they're picking at number three. I mean, I would think if Miami would need a quarterback or now uh, uh, San Diego, L.A., excuse me, the Chargers need a – I would think trading up for that number three pick would really – would get the Lions what they need. They'd still get the defensive guy they want, you know, at five, at six, even at seven. But don't you think that they should swap that pick? Uh, I think if Detroit, I think if Detroit had their druthers, they would probably trade back for some huge, huge deal. Yeah, you know, maybe look if they can get like a second rounder from going from three to five and probably still get the quarterback, get the uh, position player they wanted. I would say that's something worth doing. I mean, the only question really in my mind would be, you know, does Detroit take a quarterback? You know, if I was a team and I had a thirty-something quarterback who missed half the season with an injury. Um, I might consider it, and you know, but they also, I think, are in a position where they'd like to win now. Does that fit taking a quarterback, or does it just make sense to take the best tackle or the best corner that you can? Well, and or it, Chase Young if he falls. Oh God, now. Chase so, Young would be um, ideal. And I'm, I'm really curious to see what they end up doing. I'm so glad you finally said that because of all the things, and, and we were talking about this the other day. Coaches have to have their quarterback. I mean, eventually, great coaches get their guy, and I would—I I guess just there's just a part of me that has to feel like Matt Patricia as he looks around the league and looks at great teams. You've got your quarterback and you've got your coach, and he—and and granted, man, I get it, Matt Stafford, great guy and everything, but he—he he inherited him. What would be the harm in going out and getting the guy that you're going to pair with as a coach? I don't. I just. I don't get this idea that it has to be defense when, in this league, you got to have that guy unless they still feel like he has more years, which I'm not convinced of. Yeah, I mean the problem with Matthew Stafford is before his injury last year, he was probably going to have the best year of his career. So that's the problem because you, know, you say maybe draft a quarterback, but what if? Stafford is healthy this year and continues the progress that he was making with Daryl Bevel and Sean Ryan as coaches, and he goes and kills it, and then it's two or three years until this quarterback of the future plays, 
obviously it's worth it in the long run, but in the short term, is that worth it? I don't, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Maybe if you get the quarterback you want, maybe it's worth it to take him whenever. Um, but that that situation, what they end up doing, is one of the more fascinating, um, you know, in the drafts. And I'm looking forward to seeing what Detroit Detroit ends up doing. And the Redskins. I mean, the Redskins have a homegrown kid in, Ch- in Chase Young sitting there at number two. But do they believe in their quarterbacks? I mean, look what look at the moves they make. They go out and get Kyle Allen for a fifth round pick, and you know they got Dwayne Haskins as their starter. I mean, the kid. I mean, he probably doesn't know you know right from wrong right now. And Ron Rivera's the boss there now. Well, I think one thing that you know Dwayne Haskins showed the last couple of games last year was that. You know, he's at least going in the right direction. Right. And obviously, we're all going to scrutinize everything he does, and he doesn't have the coach who drafted him, and the GM is a little different and all that. But they haven't brought in a starter. He could have brought in Cam Newton. He didn't. Probably not going to. Um, it sounds to me like Dwayne Haskins is going to get a chance as a starter, and huh. he showed signs last year. Maybe he continues this upward movement, and uh, the Redskins end up being happy that they sat tight. And, you know, the, as far as the fifth-rounder goes, you know, that's really the market for a backup, not a starter. Right. And Kyle Allen, I thought, you know, had some had some great games. I remember that game against the Packers, and when he took that team 99 yards down the field. I like Kyle Allen. I, I think he can be a starter, to be honest with you. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, the hope is that it's all a waste, right? Because the hope is Haskins goes in and sure. plays, and, and, you know, you never find out about Kyle Allen. But if he needs to play, I think they'll have some confidence he can go in there and, uh, quit himself pretty well. The thing that started all this free agency before anything was Houston and Arizona. What, what, what was Bill uh, thinking about? How do you trade DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, I mean, that that was one where kind of under the radar, you know, they were shopping uh, DeAndre Hopkins pretty good. I mean, I know a lot of teams had the opportunity to trade for him. A lot of teams passed. It was tough to meet the price. Um, they end up getting a second rounder plus taking on a big contract, but obviously also get a starting running back. You know, it, I think DeAndre Hopkins wanting 18 to $20 million in a new contract probably accelerated that trade. Uh, and I'm sure there's more below the surface that will probably come out, but sure. um, I was definitely not surprised by that. Um, and, you know, I think they ended up getting a decent price because that's the most that anybody offered them. Man. Ian, how much how much of that was because this is I mean, if this draft is nothing else, you are going to find your receiver. I mean, this is this is a an outstanding receiver draft. Did any of it had have to do with teams maybe passing on Hopkins? Absolutely. And I think that has to do with a lot of it. Like if you're asking for a first rounder, you can get a first round receiver. If you're asking for a second rounder, you can get a second round receiver who a lot of years would be drafted in the first round. You know, that's what makes these decisions so difficult. Yes, it's great to have a 28-year-old receiver who still looks like he's in his prime, but what if he's going the wrong way and you could have had a 21-year-old receiver who's almost as good? That's really the question. And we'll probably get better. That's really the question. I don't think there's anyone better than DeAndre Hopkins, to be perfectly honest with you. And I saw him in – I think I saw him in three of your top ten games this this past weekend. I mean, the guy is – he's a stud. He's great, but then you take, you know, you give him $20 million a year on an extension. That's money that could end up being used for two or three additional players. Yeah. Plus, what's the shelf life on a receiver? You know, I mean, and he's been 
He's had some lower leg injuries. It's it's all a question. It's certainly not as simple as, as it appears. Hey, Ian, we'd be crazy to not ask you a question about the greatest soap opera in sports, which is the Dallas Cowboys. So, first off, no quarterback that has ever been tagged has ever gone on to be the long-term option with his team. But the, the Frederick retirement, the numbers on what they do with and without him are staggering in terms of their run production with him versus without him and the number of sacks that Dak takes with and without him, did this retirement, maybe low-key or non-low-key, did this really blow up uh, what where the Cowboys want to and need to go? Um, it didn't help. You know, I mean, it's and mostly because it's $10 million of dead money, so they don't even get any salary cap relief. They can't really sign another player. It's just it's just a loss. Now, I mean, you know, that was he's probably one of the great players in franchise history now. I think seven years all I think they thought this was coming. Not that you're ever really ready for it, but you know, there were whispers in February that this was that this was happening. Then the Cowboys probably got some sort of heads up and you know, I would expect this to be something they'll address in the draft and you know they're their history of drafting offensive linemen is excellent. Right. Yeah. Um, so we'll see if they can kind of do that again this coming draft. Hey, last thing before we let you go. I, I see Indomitian Sue staying with the Bucks. I think that's a great move for great them. Move. One year, $8 million. I was hoping he'd come back to the Lions, but, you know, that's a pipe dream. But what do you think of these XFL players getting a shot now in the NFL? Did you watch any of the XFL? I didn't watch. Um, I like football, but, you know, it's that's different. I, I have yet to watch an XFL game. I may never. Um, and you know, these are guys who were on the edges of the roster last year. Some of these guys are getting a shot. We'll see if anyone sticks. You know, there were some AAF players who also got on rosters. We'll see if anyone sticks. Uh, you know, I hope for them they do because it'd be a cool story, but you know, obviously that's a long way from being in the NFL. So, um, well, you know, I'm, I'm sort of to be determined on all these guys. And how about Sue? You like uh, where he's landed or what do you think? Yeah, I think that was an obvious move for, for the Bucks. I mean, you know, Sue was so good, like playing for Todd Bowles. You play in and play out, you know, he gave the kind of effort they wanted, which I think was important. And, you know, Bowles got that out of him. Yeah. So, one year, eight million is a good deal. He beats Gerald McCoy. I know that was important to him. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a good move for, for all sides and probably an obvious one. How great would it have been, you know, for us, the Lion fans, had he stayed here from the get-go? I mean, what what a different team they might be today. Yeah, I mean that's you know that that that's a frustrating situation. Um, I think all parties probably wish that had happened, but you know, just because of how over leveraged Detroit guys. was, the contract, how many huge money guys they had at once. Um, that situation will never repeat itself. I mean, those kinds of guys never become available in free agency. And, um, yeah, I think it's, you know, I think if, if they could do it again, Detroit would like to have it back. But considering all those players they were paying all that money to three, three, you know, three huge money players, that's a, that's really not what anybody wants, honestly. Hey, and thanks so much for stopping by. We really appreciate it. Keep up the great work. We'll watch for you. Thank you guys. Take care. Appreciate it. Ian Rappaport, at Rap Sheet on uh, Twitter, host of Rap Sheet and Friends Podcast on NFL Network. I keep going back to that. And the three players he's talking about, obviously, Matthew Stafford, yeah. Calvin Johnson, Johnson and, and Dominican Sue. That, that's a hell of a team, man.
Well, that would have been you, a hell. But you you of talk a about you talk about identity, right? Yeah, and to that was me, a great identity. To me, that felt like Sue's team. Yeah, it was that defensive line. We it had, was. Pre- and he would do dumb shit every now and yeah, then with the, but I didn't the cheap mind. shot. But I didn't mind. But that was firmly the identity of that team was on the D line. It yeah. matched the city, that grit, that hell fight. Yeah, we didn't mind it. And to throw Stafford the extension when he he didn't, they didn't need it, it. they didn't, didn't need it. it, and it didn't make sense. Oh, and such it a just bad move. it. And and people have said it like that. You basically told him what you value, and I think a guy like that you gotta say whatever you want about Indomitian Sue. You gotta love him. He Listen he needs to feel the love. After the Lions lost to the Cowboys, it was stolen from him in the playoffs. Oh yeah, the guy was crying in the locker room and yeah. at the podium. People forget that. I don't think he ever wanted to leave. Here. I think he thought it was his team. Yeah. And I think the minute they paid him, they were telling him, and I think that broke him. I don't think he was ever right after that. He isn't. He wasn't no. very good for nope. the Dolphins, and he's been pretty good for the Buccaneers. Yeah. What a difference one player could have made here. And maybe Calvin stays. Maybe he doesn't retire. So many ifs with the Lions, guys, except we get the same crap every year, <laughs> except for an occasional kiss on the cheek. CB, thanks, man. We'll do it again. All right, brother. Speaking of the Lions, Herman Moore. Haven't talked to him in so long. He joins us right after this on NRN Streamcast. And we will ask Herman about it. Stay right here.